the Modern Maker podcast. Today is Thursday, November 15th, otherwise known as another, you guessed it, food-related holiday, Clean Your Refrigerator Day. I guess that's food-related, right? What do you put in your yeah. refrigerator? Money? Well, time out. It's Thanksgiving. The day that this comes out is Thanksgiving, Chris. <laughs> the week is after that next this week? is Thanksgiving. Oh, geez. Okay. Unless, <laughs> are you just had a whole future? We Can just we- had a whole conversation about this before the podcast. Holy cow. Okay. So maybe that's why it was on my mind. What's in your refrigerator that you need to clean out? Poop. <laughs> no. Chris, I'll, come on. Let me, you, <laughs> let me tell you what's in my refrigerator right now that's kind of a new find, right? So when Mike was out here in Joshua Tree, we were slamming LaCroix, which is a great zero calorie sparkling beverage with just a hint of a fruit flavor. Wow. Uh, did the did they send you talking points over for that ad No, read? not a sponsor. Nice. <laughs> and uh you know, they're they're like our go-to maker beverage, right? Especially out here in the desert, it's really hot, got to stay hydrated. It makes it a little bit more fun, a little more festive. Recently, I discovered that they have sparkling water with caffeine in it. Oh, yeah, you told us, remember? <laughs> yes. This is all the news, bin. So no. No, I'm that's another all one? If you look at my refrigerator right now, that's the only thing in it <laughs> is sparkling water with caffeine and without caffeine and then like butter. So <laughs> my, my refrigerator doesn't need to be cleaned out. How much caffeine? Awesome. Is it? What? Were we, oh, no, that was a LaCroix you were drinking right there. Oh, I it, thought a, uh, it's called Focus with it. Yeah, I thought a Focus a just came in the screen. Uh, it's equivalent, I think, to two or three cups of tea, which I feel like is not a good measure. They should say. Yeah. So it's probably like, like an a eighth one of a cup, cup of coffee cup of, or something. Yeah, it's like a weak cup of coffee. Nice. That's what a Chris. focus is worth. One week yeah. cup of coffee. What's 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 in your refrigerator that you need to take care of? Uh, Ask Dolores. Leftovers, but it's still good, man. <laughs> Pop tarts. Solid point. Yeah. I'll just go PTs. And you, Mike? What do you got dirty in there? Nothing really. It's pretty clean. I got a bunch of quinoa in there, though. It's because you're celebrating the holiday early. And, oh, because you're in the future, ketchup. so you already celebrated. Clean. I got a whole lot day. of ketchup. Yes. Speaking of ketchup, you know what I saw at Walmart the other day? They Mustard. sell a mix of ketchup and mayonnaise, like oh. mixed together in a bottle. So okay, like well, here's a hot take for Thousand you. Thousand Island, you know Chick Fil A. Yeah, you know Chick Fil A and Raisin Cane's and all these great chicken places. Mm-hmm. All their special sauces are basically that. Yeah, it's usually Thousand Island, which is that with relish in it, right, or pickles or whatever. Oh. Yeah. Hot take. I like it. There you go, man. Okay, but here we go. Really quick. This is something that's going to divide the audience. I'm sure of it. We're going to get a lot of feedback on this one. Let's hear it. After you've opened your ketchup, right? You got a nice bottle of Heinz 57. I'm talking the good stuff. Uh-huh. This is not, this isn't red gold. This isn't fancy ketchup. It's 57. Uh-huh. Do you put it back into the pantry or do you put it into the refrigerator? Refrigerator. Not a chance. <laughs> I'm that just means you're eating cold do. ketchup. You're eating cold ketchup next time. Yeah, I can handle it. It's so it. strange. I'm actually not a big ketchup guy. All I right. should say it, that It first. shows. It shows. <laughs> I'm a total novice when it comes to this. What about peanut butter? Yeah, that's Fridge going in the pantry. cupboard. Cupboard, for sure. Yeah, easier to spread. Yeah. Exactly. Smart exactly. man. But, All right, okay. well, what are you guys working on this week other than eating some food? You got anything new on the workbench or new content coming out? Oh, yeah, that's right. It's supposed to be content. You that's go right. first, Mike. You've been going last all the time. Why don't you take it away? Well, I'm happy to report the bathroom is complete. If you're listening yes, to this episode on some, Thursday. Some so that means you, you plan on finishing it on Wednesday then? Does that mean? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> it will be done by Thursday. I said it would be done by this weekend, but I ordered a faucet 
So a lot of times you'll have a vanity where it has three holes in the countertop. Mm-hmm. One hole is for the faucet to come up and the other for the two knobs. But the faucet I ordered was a single hole faucet. Yep. The the knob itself is attached to it. So I had to order that online so that it can get shipped here. So I'm really just mostly waiting for that. But the cool thing is I've got content rolling out on the bathroom build, renovation, whatever you want to call it, on Instagram every day. Uh, I'm kind of rolling this out a little different than I've ever done before. The video will be out in a week or two. But what I'm doing is basically condensing each day's work into a nice video clip for Instagram. Uh, it can be a little bit longer than what it's going to be in the video. I can throw in a nice text description of some things I learned or some things that went wrong along the process. And I don't know. Hopefully it'll be cool. It'll be a cool way to keep fresh content on Instagram while I'm working on other things. Yeah, just keeping keeping people involved. I got a question. So for those two extra holes that you had where you didn't have to put knobs, let me guess what you use them for. One of them, a soap dispenser. And the, the other, other one, ketchup dispenser. You know me too well, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, I'm dual wielding soap dispensers. Whoa. That way I don't even have to rub my hands together to wash them. <laughs> just, I just, at the same time, I simultaneously get soap in each hand and then just yeah. run them under the water. Nice. It works. It works. Saving time. What about, <laughs> what about you, Chris? What do you got going on? Uh, so this week it should be out the wireless night chance nightstand charger that's a tongue twister apparently yes that i've talked about several times the long awaited Um, yeah future proof charging station i actually just finished editing it before we hopped on here so i'm going to export it and it should be up um yesterday when you're listening perfect (laughs) um uh one thing that i will say okay so hopefully some people have already watched it at the time that they're listening to this but the thing that was really encouraging about it was So this is the first project that I'm videotaping in the new shop. And I think it's a, I think the video came out pretty good. Like I'm pretty happy with the way that it came out. And something that I noticed after I was kind of finished editing it and just, you know, I always do that, like watch it back where you kind of just like relax and try to watch it as a viewer to, to notice whatever things you might want to change or whatever. Right. And I noticed that about by like five minutes in or so that, I forgot or wasn't paying attention to the fact that it's in a new shop, which is something that I worried about a lot because I was like, oh man, like what if my videos feel different or whatever? And the fact that I totally like just forgot about that, I think is a good sign that they feel basically the same. So my question is, did you format it the exact same way or did you address the fact that you were in a different space in this video? I address it. So so there's actually two things. So like straight off the bat, I'm just like, okay, let's not bury the lead. And first let's talk about why this is, why I'm calling this a future-proof wireless charging nightstand. And so I go over that and then I say, okay, and now let's talk about the elephant in the room. I'm not in my garage. And so basically I, I gave like a, a brief explanation of it in the video. And then my plan is to have an Instagram story that'll go up just because I know I'm going to get the question a thousand times. Actually, even tonight, like I posted some Instagram stuff Uh, a story where I was just like talking where I was in the shop and like, there's a bunch of people writing to me now, like what happened? You're not in your garage. And it's like, I talked about it on the podcast a little bit, but I'll put it. Don't do a story, do a full post, man. Do a real deal post. I was thinking highlighted story. Ooh. All right. Well, you got me there. Yeah. Full post. Well, but the the reason I wanted to go highlight stories, because I'm sure that there will be people who don't see this video and then see two videos from now and ask me again. That way I'll have it forever to link to. 
Right. The way I think about it, though, I could do both. It's like if you get a dog, you could, you, right? If you get a dog, you have to introduce it in a real post. If you just do it in stories, people will think, oh, look, Mike's just playing with his neighbor's dog. dog, right? Right. <laughs> you have to make Chris it Chris is just Instagram visiting a new shop. Official. Yeah. Okay, maybe I'll do, a, I'll do an official post there where it'll be like, I don't know, you something. Twitter? But then I, I do, but I don't really use it. I go on there like every two weeks to like answer questions that people have sent me. Well, there you go. Just post about it on Twitter. <laughs> Make it official. I'll, Here's I'll what do you both. Do. I'm going to do both. You tweet it, IGTV it, story highlight, an actual post, but just never address it on YouTube. Yeah. What are you talking Everywhere about? Everywhere that you addressed it in the actual video, cut that out. Just say, I just got go. new lights in the garage. Yeah. Well, that's something I worry about with my content all the time because- You're all over the place. My past five videos, one was in my parents' garage, One, two of them was in Joshua Tree, one is at- Caleb's and then the other one is going to be at the clothing store of Caleb's as well so I got five videos in four locations yeah jet setter man well I guess so it's more just I think confusing and bad storytelling but it's what I'm doing yeah I mean I think luckily most people don't care as much as we worry that they might care about it but my whole thing is I just want to eliminate or or minimize the amount of explaining that I have to do so if I can have something that I can direct people to then I'm happy Awesome. So uh, I got to ask really quickly, you got this new shop so you can move all your gi- giant tools into one space so you can work on massive projects yep. and you built a desktop charger. I, I know, I've only built small things in there. So <laughs> Great work, man. I like it. It's because I need to so move. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do the, uh, the, the workbench like we were talking about mm-hmm. once i get that in there and then get some storage in there then i can start doing some bigger things i think but right now yeah it's like i'm basically working off the ground a lot and actually get some I, bronco boards i know i was actually thinking about because I've, I've been designing the workbench a little bit so i've been remember last week we talked about the whole like modular idea so i was yes. messing around with it and i felt like i was being modular for the sake of being modular like, I don't mm-hmm. know, it just wasn't quite working out the way that I envisioned it. So I ended up kind of going away from that. I'm not fully settled on a design yet, but I did incorporate some of the sort of like pull-out station thing. I just have kind of one double-sided pull-out station that I think will serve what the modular thing would have served, except for I felt like the modular thing would have been like cool an idea, but not necessarily as good in practice as just having some bigger storage. If it was modular, what would, what would the different components So the be? idea was, remember, it was to basically have like all these little things that you could pull out. There would be like little mm-hmm. stations that you could take with you anywhere in the workshop. Oh, but then those would combine as like some sort of transformer to make a workbench top? Uh, yeah, not the top, but they would all mm-hmm. like nest perfectly under the top. And so I was oh, messing okay. around with it. But then I was like, well, I'm probably going to be taking them here most of the time. Like I'm going to be doing this stuff. 95% of the time at the workbench. So right. that didn't really so, make that much sense to me. And then it was kind of like the only things that I would like really do that with would be all the tools for screws and drills and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. then like maybe some sanding stuff. But again, like 98% of the time I'm going to be doing it right there. So I ended up just making like the way I have it designed right now, it's mostly large storage. It's very similar to, to um, Johnny Brooks bench. But then there's this one area where there's kind of like a skinny pull-out thing that will be on wheels that you could take anywhere. And my plan is to have that sort of be like my drilling slash something else station. We'll figure it out. Other cool. than can I tell you, room. Can I tell you what I envisioned a couple of weeks ago? Go listen to those. Go listen to that episode for all the listeners who didn't. 
whenever we were talking about the whole modular system, mm-hmm. the way I envisioned it was you set kind of your workbench height, whatever that's going to be, you know, your standard height for all the tabletops that you make in your shop. Let's right. say it's 34 inches. And then I thought what you were going to do is build a bunch of small carts, maybe 18 inches by 18 inches by mm-hmm. 34 inches tall. And then those would just set against a wall or something like that. But then you would wheel them out to your workbench and it would kind of sit flush with it. Yeah. And that would be all your sanding stuff or that would be all your cutting stuff or drilling stuff. Yeah, I think that could be a cool idea. I just it probably wouldn't be super practical where I'm working. Like it's going to I'm going to end up wanting it where it's going to be living right in front of the table saw most of the time. Mm -hmm. And then I would end up with a tabletop that probably wouldn't be as good as if I just made it one continuous surface. So I think it just kind of depends. I think that would be actually a really good, like, small shop solution, though. Okay. And I I really feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but I don't, I I think I did a poor job of of describing it. All right. So clear everything I said before, and now picture this in your mind's eye. The workbench, exactly how you want to build it. It's clean, it's simple, and it's one surface. Okay. And it's the size you want it to be. Yes. Now imagine four carts that are the same height. Mm-hmm. And they're 18 inches by 18 inches. Yes. They're separate from the workbench. They just happen to be the same height. Okay. And then those stow up like against the wall. They just kind of line up on the wall that maybe doesn't get used as much. Uh-huh. Then you just wheel it out and it kind of just like sets next to your workbench. Parks right up on that workbench. Yeah. It's not actually a workbench top. It just happens to be the same height for continuity or whatever. It's for clean looks. Yeah. I get but anyways, I'm still yeah, not and I'm not trying it. to, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to convince you that that's what you need to do or anything, but I just wanted to make sure my idea was is, fully developed. Is one of the modular things a, a ketchup dispenser and mayo? Well, yeah. Why not? Mm-hmm. I got space. Well, the good thing about it being 18 inches by 18 inches is you can fit a George Foreman grill on the bottom Ooh. shelf so you can fire up some wieners down there, <laughs> maybe toast a couple buns and then, uh, Watch your then, mouth. Then you're cooking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's getting vulgar here, Mike. Knock it off. All right, guys. Mike. Come on. All right, all right. Let's make Ben talk about what he's working on. There we go. I am... God, this whole thing of talking about the content that's coming out is really hard because I'm always like kind of... By the time I'm recording podcasts, I'm always like just started an edit, but like right. deep into a build. Uh, so I'll split the difference. Um, still editing the grill station which is coming out nicely. The finished photos look fantastic. We'll do a little little reveal of those soon. I also got one of these things. Okay, sidebar for a minute. <laughs> so I got this grill project, and mm-hmm. our good friends at Home Depot sent me all these grill accessories, you know, like the tongs, the big forks, all those things. I only ever Did really use the apron? tongs and the spatula. Those are the only things I ever use. Does well, it have an apron that says kiss the cook? <laughs> Okay, we, we all know, we've, we've talked about how we feel about aprons before. We're not fans. <laughs> all right, you're right, you're right. right I so, didn't know if cooking and shop aprons had any, nope, any they anything both different. They're all, all lame. Right. You know, <laughs> fig, figure out a different way to, to do something that's lame. Um, but they sent me this, like, giant Himalayan salt block. And it's, it's uh, eight, no, it's 10 inches by 14 inches. And it's two inches thick. It's just this big pink block of solid salt and you're supposed to put it on the grill and it actually gets really hot and then you cook the meat on top of this solid piece of salt wow my immediate reaction is like okay that's weird flex but okay you know that seems like (laughs) really dramatic i mean you could also just 
grind off a little piece of it and, and sprinkle on a tub, but I, I could see how the theatrics of it would make it feel more special. I can't imagine it making it taste better. But I was right. thinking like, well, how do you clean the salt block, right? Like it's going to have all this like meat juice on afterwards. So and then you don't want to wash it because it's just going to make salt water. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I was reading the instruction. They're saying that, oh, no, the salt kills all the bacteria and things. But you're supposed to be able to use it m- multiple times. But I kind of feel like after you cooked one piece of meat on this, even if you rinsed it off, it'd feel kind of like a single serving thing, right? Yeah. Maybe it's like cast iron, you know? It just gets better with age. Yeah, I, I guess that's – yeah, I guess so. Well, well, wait a minute. You cook on it so how, so it's really hot. Right, right, and it has a lot of mass, so it like absorbs the heat. But the annoying part is, is it the grill they sent me is is fantastic. Like you, you turn it on, it gets up to it gets up to like maximum heat, like really fast in like three or four minutes. So you know, you're for for cooking steaks, you can get it really hot, sear them, flip them, you know, turn the temperature down a little bit, you're good to go. That's all awesome. But this thing, you oh wait, if you heat it up too fast, it'll crack. Because it's like a mm. rock. Um, oh, wow. That just gave me the greatest idea. All right. Now, I don't know how in love you are with this chunk of salt, but I was walking into the Home Depot rental area the other day because I had to rent a tile saw for the floor tiles. And I saw, I don't know what they call them. They're basically like the giant boom arms with a basket on them. People that work on power lines and stuff will use them. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like this rig. It just puts you in a bucket 40 feet yeah. in the air. We should jump. We should throw it off of that. We shouldn't jump off of it. Sorry. We should throw the rock crystal off of mm. a 40-foot scissor lift. Ah. Wait, we can get a scissor lift from Home Depot? Yeah, you can rent it by uh, either four hours at a time or a full day. Your choice. Dude. What? How, how imagine how much we could are those things? I don't know, but imagine how much content we could get in four hours with a scissor lift. A lot of throwing stuff off of it. Mm-hmm. I'm talking watermelons. Other large fruit, <laughs> rock crystals. <laughs> is a watermelon a fruit? Uh, a it's, it's a melon, but you know, it's all coming from the earth. You guys want to hear a hot melon take? I do. I hate cantaloupe and honeydew. I like cantaloupe, and I agree with you on honeydew. It's worthless. You know, you know what the problem with cantaloupe is? I feel like it's a fruit salad filler. They yep. just no, 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 throw no, that's the honeydew. any kind of fruit salad, and then it makes everything taste like the damn cantaloupe. It's the honeydew. The honeydew is what's doing it because a cantaloupe is tasty and it's got a nice sweetness to it, but a honeydew is like an unripe cantaloupe. You know what I think it is though? Have you ever had like a like a vine ripened fresh cantaloupe, Chris? That's not fair. It can't be like here's the best well, case scenario of a cantaloupe. Here's the thing, and that right? one's good. I like apples, but apples in fruit salad are garbage cuz it's the type of apple that they put in, you mean? Right. It's like it's, it's like saying, like, oh, I don't like apple. like salads, but you've only had a salad from McDonald's. Uh, those are good salads. Those McShakers? Get out of here. <laughs> Chris is all too familiar. <laughs> I don't think they – I think those are from like the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's like it, – it, it might be you hate the common application of it. It's like poplar, right? Poplar is actually really cool, but most of the time you only see it used in really uncreative ways. So you kind of think, you know. Of it in a diminished way. Mm-hmm. I've had a, I, I don't know if it was vine ripened, but I've had a loose cantaloupe before. <laughs> and You've I still had cantaloupe outside of a fruit salad. Yes, a la carte a standalone cantaloupe. melon? Yeah, standalone melon, yeah. A solo Damn. melon. Um, and uh, you know what else? 
okay, so I don't know if you guys will picture. I'm very big on smells. I have a strong sense of smell. So there's this kind of like sweet trash smell. Not it's mm. not a good smell, but that kind of like sweet trash smell, of like the yeah. juice at the bottom of your trash. That smells like cantaloupe. You know you're kind of right. You have a point. It's garbage. Cantaloupe's terrible. It's it's a garbage melon. All right, Hot fine. Take. We'll throw it off the scissor lift. It's going off the lift. Do you ever see the the concrete cantaloupe la- lamp that I made? I'd rather eat that. <laughs> I liked that project a lot. I thought it was pretty creative. Yeah. Best use of a cantaloupe I've ever seen. You know what I saw? One of those crappy Instagram accounts where kind of all they do is just post crappy like crafts. Yeah. I think it's called Five Minute Crafts. Now that I oh now yeah, I they've, they've reposted a bunch of my crafty stuff, except for that. <laughs> stuff. That was good. Oh wait, you made the thing I was talking about. Great. No, they basically did something similar to like, oh, let's pour concrete over something that has a cool texture, right? That was kind of the general idea of the cantaloupe lamp that you did. Except what they did was they got a bowl and put bubble wrap in it, and then just poured concrete into it, so it looked like a bowl made out of concrete bubble wrap. Mm. That was a fail. And I'm going to share it to the Modern Maker Podcast Instagram stories. Check it out on Thursday. Boom. Nice. All right. Back to what I'm making. All right. So I have this like very skeptical salt block thing, which this is good because now we'll, we'll, Mike, when you get back out here, we'll barbecue something on it. Awesome. And then throw it off a scissor lift. No. (laughs) But right. the, The way I thought of this relative to making stuff is sometimes things sound really cool in the process but they don't actually make anything any better mm-hmm. right like like this seems like a cool thing it's like or it's like the cold stone ice cream where they like fold mm-hmm. it over a thing but at the end it's like yeah it's ice cream it's, it's <laughs> okay but you know salt and straw is way better it, it was making me think about all these things where the process is the attraction but the end result might not actually be any better another example like Benihana's or like hibachi grills where they're like slicing and dicing and making the onion volcano and doing all the theatrics in front of you. In the end, mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. it kind of tastes like fried rice and a overly salty soy sauce steak. Uh, yeah, but yeah. it's dinner and a show and you don't have to go to medieval times. <laughs> so it's a win-win. <laughs> medieval times might be... <laughs> So, like, this whole thing, it makes me think of, and I'm not saying that it's bad because I've done it and I've had good results, but it's made me think of wood burning to get wood to have that black look but still be able to see the wood grain versus dyeing it with that India ink or that leather ink that I've seen Johnny Brook and Chris, did you do it or did someone else do it that I know? You did it, yeah. That's what it reminds me of is the process of burning the wood is kind of the cool part Yeah, and having the black look is the after effect, but there's probably easier ways to get it with a more consistent result than yeah. burning the wood. I want to to wrap it up. I'm a fan of process. Like I think process is important because I think you learn things and you also you you get that connection to to how something's made. But I think there's like a point of diminishing return where the process just gets so gimmicky. And I am sure I no, not even sure. I know I've done this like. Uh, a lot and that's good right it's good to experiment but don't try to sell someone that some that the end product is like way way better just because the process is gimmicky right mm-hmm. right just say like hey we get to watch this big block of salt get really hot that's cool it's not gonna make the steaks any better or at least that's what i think maybe mike when you get here we'll we'll do a side-by-side comparison salt block steak regular steak 
okay. yeah what's better and then we'll throw them both off a scissor lift. <laughs> you could do all this. I mean, for like coffee, like like could you taste the difference if it was like pour over or out of a Keurig or? Yes. You can. Yeah. I'm holding you to it. We're doing yeah. a taste test. Pour overs. Pour over is the way to go. I like pour over. Isn't a Keurig like a robotic pour over? Keurig, it's always like a little foamy. I feel like you you can feel like a little, especially like a Nespresso or something. It's almost got like a like a foamy aerated quality to it. A froth. Yeah. If you will. All right. But, oh, I digress. Back to what I'm making. <laughs> Would you get through this? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we have sidebarred like nine times. It's all right. We it's didn't a have a topic episode. for tonight, okay. so now we do. Yeah. <laughs> the topic show. is sidebarring. Um, <laughs> so editing the grill station thing. But it's one of those, it's not a complicated project, but it's a long edit because it involves like three different types of making, welding, steel work, you know, kind of stuff. Uh, woodworking for the wood shelves, a concrete pour for the the countertops, and then modifying a stainless steel grill so that it fits in and the propane all has a place to go, right? That's really exciting though. That's cool because it was the same thing you were talking about with the Gary V table where you were able to kind of do the design process and explanation, then build it and then do the top. I know, but it's kind of ever, the same thing, right? But do you ever just look at like your editing software and you just see like, oh, there's so many clips. Oh, <laughs> oh my yeah. god, this bathroom, man! I'm at 15 minutes. Really? Oh wow. Video, yeah. And I've been cutting it down. So, like, how many shots do you have for something like that? Like for clips? Ben's thing or for my? No, no, for, for, the for your bathroom. Yeah, an absurd amount. I I don't even I don't even like, know like how I like count it. Clips Fifty to hundred. I am on my third 128 gig SD card. Oh wow! So You're filling a lot. It up. Right, but the problem is I I I have time lapse function on my camera, so I set that up, you know, if I know I'm just going to be painting a wall or something right. like that. But there's still a lot of those process processes where I want to shoot it in real time, but I'm working for 30 minutes straight on yeah. the same on the same clip. Yeah. Whether I'm, you know, tiling or something like that. That just kind of it moves slow. Mhm. But Yeah, yeah it's, it's I'm I'm looking at the the edit right now and it's just like an endless amount of clips and how do you tackle that are you editing day by day or are you trying to tackle the whole thing at once because that was my mistake with the bathroom is i let way too much footage pile up i started editing it yesterday the the, uh see i i do the opposite i like to do it all at once because i feel when i when i have tried to do it piece by piece I end up telling a really great story about the steel work that's like 10 minutes long. <laughs> right. Oh, crap. I yeah. got everything else. And then whatever I edited first ends up being like really embellished uh, and gets the luxury of a lot of screen time. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, shit, I'm running out of time. All right. No more text overlay. No more animation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'll do it all at once. And then the, the, the part that I... I, I was sort of working on it last night, and then I felt a little bit stuck. And then, so I just had a drink and went to bed. Looked at it this morning, and I was like, "Oh wait, I don't need to tell a lot of this. A lot of the, and just immediately deleted." What, what I always am really paranoid about capturing footage. I always am afraid that like a specific step is going to get missed. And if there's one thing I have nightmares about, it's about losing footage or or not oh, yeah. capturing a specific moment that's critical to the storytelling. So I'll, I'll load that all into the editing bar. I'll set it all at a thousand speed just to get a rough idea of like what what length of video I'm looking at before I start trimming. And then I'll be like, well, you know what? I don't really... So I was doing this thing where 
Well, it's an interesting thing when you when you build something to fit a ready-made, right? So I had the grill to start with. So I'm building this big cabinet that the grill goes into. A big part of that test process is uh, test fitting things. So right, you oh, yeah. you weld a bunch of pieces together, you make sure the grill fits, and then you take measurements between the steel structure that you made and the grill to see how thick the countertops are going to be. So I was probably actually like picking up the grill and putting it into the structure like four or five times, but. <laughs> To try to tell that story, trying to tell that in a video story. I mean, it's a, it's a good process for making, right? Like it's the whole you know measure twice, cut once thing. Uh, yeah. So you want to do a lot of test fits, but it's really annoying in a video if you just keep, keep seeing this idiot like placing this. Also, it's a really awkward like lift up this big boxy grill where all the undersides of the stainless steel are kind of sharp on the hands. Yeah. Um, figuring out which one of those sort of test fits are actually important to show and which ones you can kind of just throw in as a verbal aside uh, or as a recommendation and things like that. So in the middle of that edit, which is a a long, monstrous edit, but I had a really really fun building day today. So we're recording on a Monday. So I knocked out uh, about a eight foot by 12 foot deck all by myself in one day start to finish. And so I've been working with the Western Red Cedar nonprofit. So they support all the cedar suppliers in the western half of the U.S. And they sent me six by six, 12 foot long cedar beams or posts. I think they're often used as like columns for supporting outdoor decks. And this is like really well kiln dried, really precisely machined. It's really lightweight for how strong and, and girthy they these things are. And it looked really clean, like it didn't have a lot of knots or grain going nope. all kinds of directions. So I am making the most wasteful <laughs> <laughs> that I I am going to bask in the the comments about the lack of material efficiency for this project. <laughs> yeah. Oh hundred so, percent. You're gonna get eaten alive in the comments on this one. All right. So this is this is what I want to anticipate and sort of workshop with you guys, right? So I'm making normally for a deck you would use boards that are you know maybe five and a half inches wide and a, and three quarters of an inch thick or at the most an inch thick, right? Right. If and that's if you're using like a hardwood deck like a like a tropical hardwood. If you're using a softwood like cedar, you might use you know five and a hit five and a half inches wide and a one and a half inch thick. Like a two by six for cedar or a softwood decking is also pretty common. And then you would frame it out with, uh, you know, joists and beams and stuff like that to give it the sport every 16 or every 24 inches on center. I am just making the whole thing out of solid six by sixes. And these things aren't cheap. They're like probably like a, each 12 foot six by six piece is probably 120 to 150 dollars each. So uh, just just so that I I'm 100 percent sure I'm understanding. So if it was six <laughs> well, inches you above would be really the sure ground, if you followed me on Instagram and looked at my stories. Hey, I don't got time for that. <laughs> I'll follow you back when you follow me. No. I was about to say, Ben, didn't you follow Chris <laughs> last week on Instagram? Oh yeah, then this week I'm gonna I'm gonna follow you. Uh, I'm not a big consumer of social media. No. So if it was six inches off the ground, it's because the beam is six inches thick. Yeah. It's just sitting on the ground, basically. Yeah. It's sitting okay. on those concrete pavers that you did, right? Yeah. So there's okay. the pavers, and then it's the funniest thing, right? So these are a structural member, 
but I'm actually supporting them with a piece of like veranda composite decking from Trex or, you know, one of those things from Home Depot. Because I just need to raise it about three quarters of an inch. So in case there's moisture on the concrete, yeah. it doesn't get wicked up into the, the, the dry cedar. So it's really wasteful. But on the flip side, this deck will last forever. And also because there's no framing, one person can build it by themselves. Yeah. Right. So it, there's a trade-off, right? I'm wasting material in a really gratuitous, like very lavish way that's only done by wealthy people or by people that get free materials. Shout right. out to okay. Weston Red Cedar. But the uh, amount of labor time and labor right now, costs that you would have, I mean, you built a whole deck in a day. That's not easy. Right. And I don't have to frame anything. And mm-hmm. if you look at this sort of desert climate where things wear out on the corners because there's so much, you know, uh, uh, the, the the sun is so intense that it's kind of shrink the wood and, and dry it out really fast. It's it's one of those cases where it's wasteful, but it's like kind of wasteful for a a really good reason, both in terms of like the speed and uh, how quickly you can make the deck. And then also like I can just keep sanding this thing down year after year and uh, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll last forever. So uh, I really like the way it looks. It looks like yeah, it it's looks made cool. out of solid solid wood it's got like a material heft and quality and you can show end grained in a way that you don't normally do um but yeah i i anticipate the other interesting thing though and this is where what would actually be the strongest argument against it being wasteful is i'm not cutting the pieces at all i literally am building the there's no cutoffs there's no waste i'm using the full 12 foot length that's right. They're Lincoln logs. Every last right. little bit of it. <laughs> so literally, the, the, you know, there. It, it was also a really weird building because I'm just I taking the raw material and then just assembling it with no, no step. I mean, I might sand it a little bit before I, I put an oil, a penetrating oil into it. Yeah. So and there's you no, like round it over the corners, right? Right. So if I was exactly, making, yeah. if there, if there's any other type of deck that I was making, I would be like cutting pieces, screwing them together. You know, uh, making sure joints didn't all weren't all at the same length, so I might have to cut a few pieces just to offset, uh, so that the the deck boards don't all look like they're ending at the exact same place. So they're still very wasteful. But oh, I've got to uh, ask you, I've yeah. got to ask you on the deck: Are there spacers between the the six by sixes, or are they flush against each other? Uh, there's about a. They're not perfect. They're they're amazingly straight for construction lumber, right? But there's this a slight bow to some so i put in three i had some three sixteenths of an inch thick steel angles that i used as spacers awesome. and sometimes in the middle it'll be a little bit closed and sometimes in the middle it'll be a little bit bigger than that um so water will go through it uh and, and they're so dry that about, they yeah. that they if they probably got if i didn't oil them or anything they'd probably swell up a little bit if it if they got rained on for you know multiple days in a row um, that's something I actually learned in Boston when I did a, just a pressure treated roof deck is I didn't realize how much dry softwoods in particular swell when they get rained on a lot. Right. And I heard this from a guy that does more construction stuff. I think he's a contractor, uh, by trade, but he was telling me that that's the reason Home Depot sells a lot of their two by four and a lot of their construction lumber relatively wet compared to if you were to buy it at a lumber supplier. And that's because people are building decks, so they build it while the wood is wet, have proper spacing, and then as that wood dries, it compresses, or whatever you would say, 
which expands all the gaps so that when it gets wet again, it has room to expand one more time. So uh, in that sense, it's pretty cool. It's not great for building furniture, obviously, but it's cool to have a reason for it at least. Yeah. Like, it, they're going to do it. It, it. It's such an interesting – there's something about a scale jump when you go from woodworking in a shop and making furniture size things to construction where – they almost calculate in rules of thumb that accommodate the roughness and unpredictability of the material. Uh, Absolutely. This, and I think that's that's the that adjustment's really hard to get used to uh, when you're when you're really used to one way of making and you're moving into the other one. You either go too slow or you uh, uh, you know don't don't accommodate for the for the the lack of precision or the 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 need or you for overdo precision. it right yeah like you overdo it and do things with way too tight of margins i got the answer for your how to combat the whole efficiency comment mm. so mm. what you say is that this is actually just lumber storage you're deciding what to do with these pieces but while you're deciding you can actually use it as something a deck mm. so trying just, to give it that weathered look yeah you're just storing it yeah and you're getting function out of it while storing it that's why i tied them all together so they keep they keep each other straight. If I That's didn't right. tie them together into a deck, they would have warped all Be kinds all over of crazy the directions. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimate inefficiency. Awesome. Well, I am happy to hear that the, the container house is moving along swiftly. I'm excited to... Uh, oh, update. Here Everyone listening. I will announce it next week a little more officially, but I'm heading back out to California for reasons to be announced. But your boy Mike and your boy Ben are be- going to be back in action Killing the content game. So look forward to that. Uh, I will be heading out so that I can have a Ueda Thanksgiving with the fam. It's going to be great. Sushi and, and turkey. Go- Sushi and turkey. Okay, I like it. And uh, and yeah, turkey. so it's going to be the the Joshua Tree Maker Ranch experience is is coming back coming back to life. Oh, we're also going fishing. Deep sea fishing. Real yes. fishing. Like after Thanksgiving, we're doing a fishing trip. And if there's anyone in the Santa Barbara area that knows how to fish, hit, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, we're, 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 we're kind of half chartering a boat out of Santa Barbara. Um, so it's a, it's a pretty big boat. I think it can hold like 50 people or so. So if you want to go ocean fishing the Saturday after Thanksgiving and are in the Santa Barbara area, uh, hit us up. You got to get your own ticket. You got to get your own fishing license and your own gear. But uh, we'll be on the boat and you're, you're welcome to show up. And uh, it's pretty fun. Board. Exactly. That's a good time. Awesome. Well, what are you guys obsessed with this week? Have you been watching any new Netflix series or any new YouTube channels by chance? I've been watching something a lot on YouTube. This is, this, this is kind of sad. It, it shows what lack of time I have right now. So you guys know I love video games. And so Red Dead Redemption 2. I don't know if yes. anybody pays attention to that, but I'd really like to play it, but it's like 70 hours long or something crazy like that. And I'm like, there's no way I'm playing this. So I've been watching the Rad Brad play it, do mm. a complete walkthrough. I'm, I'm on like, I, I don't, I haven't Is that Brad Rodriguez's gaming s- channel from Fix This Build That? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's moonlighting as a gamer. Game this, play as that. As a watch me play. Like play this, yeah. play that. That's it. Uh, no, but... Uh, it looks good, man. Like the more I watch it, the more I'm like, man, I do want to play it, but I'm Did not going to. Did you play the original it. Red Dead Redemption? A little bit, but this one looks way better. Well, yeah, it's ten years old, newer. No, 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 no. Oh, you're okay, saying, no. yeah, you you're, you're playing it for the plot points, right? It's actually a prequel. No, no just joking. <laughs> <laughs> it's not ten years old. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, I'm into it. 
I'm 100% into it. I played the original a lot. It was because I wasn't allowed to play Grand Theft Auto oh, at, the time, little, at the time that Red Dead hack. Redemption came out. So this was my life hack because it's a Western it's game. Cowboys, Ma. I mean, really, it's Red Dead Redemption is Grand Theft Auto on horses. Yeah. And that's pretty cool because my parents didn't understand that whatsoever. <laughs> so I was like 10 or 12, you know, playing that game and it was great. Lovely Haven't life. played the new one, though. I think, it'll, I think it looks pretty cool, though. It does look cool. It's awesome. my it's my like bedtime ritual. I watch a forty five minutes of that and drift off to sleep, dreaming wow. of cowboys. <laughs> that sounds bad. Video games like that are a lot of work, right? Like you have to like build up it? stuff oh, and acquire it? resources and stuff like that. Seventy Dude, hours. You gotta, you gotta clean your horse. Is is the entire all the seasons of Breaking Bad? Is that seventy hours? No, probably not. Right. It's probably, it's probably more right like 40 there. minute episodes, six seasons, 10 episodes a season. So Yeah, I guess it is less. Seven Video games are incredible. God, like Time building sucks. a video game like Time that. Sucks. But just think about how to make that. You're basically making oh like God. a never-ending story with multiple endings and all now these like little movie. side things and stuff like that. Right. The amount of work that goes into one of those games must be just astronomical. Yeah. Right. And it's crazy cuz that type of game like an open open world style game like that i don't i after a while like i really wasn't interested in them for for the plot or the story i just liked going around and doing stuff like Blowing in grand shit. theft auto i just <laughs> wanted to go like rob cars and shoot stuff you know what i mean yeah. like i didn't play that for, like i i quit the main storyline after the first day yeah but yeah think of how hard that is like i mean editing a linear video oh right, yeah is difficult imagine editing something or putting together something where People can do divergent things, whatever they want, within the piece of content that you're creating. And it all has to link together at some point. That's, that's a massive undertaking. Netflix, you know, is talking about doing video content where you can kind of choose your own adventure. Ah. Where you can sort of like make decisions as the character and it leads to different endings. I think it's silly. Gimmicky? Yeah, gimmicky. That's Not, that's not going to show up in one of your future obsessions. Speaking of gimmicky and my obsessions... This week's is not Adam Sandler's new stand-up special. It's garbage. <laughs> it's a, really bad. An obsession. Yeah, this is an, uh, my dissatisfaction of the week. Yeah, for real. Yeah, and Adam Sandler's 100% fresh is not that. It is the wrong. honeydew in a fruit salad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Hot he, takes. Yeah, he's like, hey, what bits did I get famous off of? Now I'm just going to do a poorly written version of that. But I don't know. I, I, it seems mean, but yeah, it seems okay. Here's my thing. He's probably not a listener. And I, I don't want to. I don't want to say this in a mean way. Here we go. But really, it just doesn't seem like as much effort was put into it as a lot of the other Netflix specials that I see. Mm. Whether it's like Ari Shafir or a good Tom Segura, or you know, I'm trying to think of some another other one of Joe Rogan's friends. <laughs> Or any of Joe Rogan's friends. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. (laughs) Like, they're just, they're put together a lot better than what this one was. But I don't know. But my real obsession is uh, uh, the Netflix series uh, Meat Eater. It follows one of Joe Rogan's friends. uh, What's his name? Steve uh, Steve Ranella? Yep. He is a, uh, he's a production Same production company that does, that did uh, Anthony Anthony Bourdain's show. Exactly. Uh, 0. Yeah. 0. 
Yeah, so it's a great show. It's shot really well. The people that are doing all the the foot the people that are doing all the photography, all the cinematography, great job. It's a really well produced show, but it's also uh, cool to see someone take the time to make a hunting show artistic. Because typically those are two audiences that you don't think would cross over. But I don't know. I like hunting and I like cool looking shows. So he, I liked he's it. a really interesting guy too because he's not your stereotypical hunter. This isn't like a. Uh, I mean, people that are into hunting know that the stereotypes don't always apply. But people that are kind of adverse to it kind of, I think, tend to think of hunters as a certain type of person. They think right. of them as sort of NASCAR and football fans and things like this. Um, this guy is uh, really interested in the sort of uh, the the biology, the the evolutionary history of the things that he's uh, hunting, and doesn't waste anything. Is an environmental conservationist and is just a really knowledgeable person about wildlife, nature, evolution. And all these things. So you're getting this. It's like you're getting the the visceral goodness of like hunting and the kind of carnalness of it, but mixed in with like a really great Nat Geo show. Right. And also the the like theology behind like this is why hunting is good. And it's actually helping the animals that don't have the same amount of natural predators that they did before humans right. kind of controlled all of the all of the land. Yeah. More um, like ecological management. Exactly. Yeah. But it's it, it, what I really like about it mostly is I think in the new season, there might be four episodes where he hunts elk, uh, mm. but they're in four completely different terrains. Like one is, you know, maybe in like uh, British Columbia somewhere, but then another one is in a little bit more of a grassland type situation rather than mountains. Um, so it's cool. It's a it's a great show. So check it out. It's called Meat Eater and it's on Netflix. Uh, there's a couple seasons of it. Watch the new one first, then watch the old ones. What do you got, Ben? All right. So as many people know, there's uh, a ridiculous amount of fires in California right now. Yeah. There's two really, really big ones that uh, are probably the most destructive fires uh, in, in recent history. And it's funny. Like a lot of, the, a lot of my friends in high school ended up becoming firemen um, and not the ones that work in cities and ride on the trucks and live in a firehouse and slide down uh, a pole, but more the the sort of wilderness firefighters, the ones that jump out of airplanes and uh, use chainsaws more often than they use a fire hose to, to combat these things. So a bunch of my buddies are out there right now, so I want to give a, a shout-out to Jordan and Nick and all those guys. And also it's like, they do really cool stuff that's sort of, I guess, related to making. I mean, they're driving tractors because it's much more about controlling the fuel supply and and things like this. So everyone's been talking about those, these fires in Southern California. And immediately, like, I don't know why. It's like something about being on YouTube. Like, you, you pay attention to YouTube and then you see all these, like, stupid conspiracy theories about, like, like the, the Eddie Bravo kind of people in the world mm, yeah. that are like, these fires are so hot, they're like melting cars, and that's got to be some sort of government energy weapon. Like, no fire could get that. And it's like, dude, you're so it's dumb. A big like, fire. If, this, if, this, <laughs> if you ever been to Burning Man, when there's a whole big pile of wood burning that, you can't get within like a hundred feet of that. Um, but uh, 
when when fires get to these scale, they are they create their own weather systems. They are incredibly frightening, scary things. So shout out to all the 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 men and women that are out there uh, uh, doing a lot to to save houses and and people. Um, and shout out to all the dumb people that don't know basic physics and science or haven't ever worked with their own two hands and and seen how how the world is actually comes together. Um, and but the math doesn't add up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and I guess this also sort of relates, I guess, to to making because you know we do a lot of woodworking. These things are mostly burning on woods, and this also relates to forestry management. Uh, which is something, un- unfortunately, that our, our our president didn't really realize when he sort of uh, uh, condemned the state of California uh, for <laughs> all these fires uh, when the majority of the lands, as anyone can look up, uh, are federally managed, which would be his responsibility. Um, so shout out to the firefighters. They're doing awesome work, and uh, everyone's like super appreciative of them. Boom. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. This is the Modern Maker Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Modern Maker Podcast collectively. You can also go to makerbrandco.com where you can get the best woodworking tools in the game. We're expanding what we make and ever improving our products. We are at Benjamin Ueda, at Four Eyes Furniture, and at Modern Builds. Thanks a lot for listening. Thank you for all the reviews. I actually had a few people hit me up saying they liked my plea for reviews a week ago or the week before that. And that was what made them give us a review. So, please. So, please. Yeah. I was about to say, please. No. I was just going to say, we really appreciate it. And if if you're willing to do the same, just head on over to the iTunes app where you're listening to this podcast. Uh, if you have an Apple phone, and just give us a five-star review. Let us know what you think of the show. Tell us what host is your favorite. Let's get some mm. controversy sparked. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you next week on the Modern Maker Podcast. Bye, everybody. See ya. Bye. Then we need, there it is. <laughs> hey.